Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. So tears hold no hope for victory. Um, yes, Bonnie, we will definitely be praying for you um, at the end and then definitely, you know, Ted and I are praying for our partners and people that write in with uh, prayer requests all the time. So you are on it for sure. We love you so much. So thanks for joining on today. Um, So we're going to be talking about tears hold no hope for victory. And that's kind of a topic that was weighing heavy on Tiffany's heart. And so I'm going to let her introduce the broadcast and then we'll jump into it. So... Tears hold no hope for victory. Um, It did come from a book that I was reading by Bishop Oyedepo, and it kind of stood out to me, and I kind of wrote it down, and it's been something that I've been thinking about. And really, it's this idea of getting out of your feelings and into your faith, which is something that I am doing in this very moment, because (laughs) being on the broadcast comes with lots of feelings for me. So we're going to walk through this together. She will pass out. That's what... Her faith this is, is going to be very um, interactive, shall, shall we say, on getting <laughs> out of your feelings and into your faith. So, um, you know, Ted teaches on the broadcast when he teaches on leadership and diligence, on the importance of being introspective and self-awareness and how kind of pinpointing your strengths and weaknesses is what's going to help you move to another level and to grow. And so this is something that I know about myself. I can be a very emotional person when I am overwhelmed or if something's bothering me. I've always been very sensitive. And so knowing that about myself, I know that this is something that I have to work on because I don't want my feelings to ever override my faith. I don't want to be a person that's led by my feelings just because I have them. doesn't mean that I need to direct my life according to them. It doesn't need doesn't mean that I need to make decisions according to my feelings. And so sharing this topic just from the beginning, know that I'm sharing it as an emotional person, as somebody who gets a lot of feelings. This is not being shared for like, get out of your feelings and into your faith. I am a person with feelings, so I understand. Um, Yes, Bonnie, we'll put your name in the giveaway. Um, And so this is something that I have to keep in check. I have feelings, I have to keep in check. And I've been learning more and more that you can't let your flesh and your mind and your thoughts just go unchecked and unnoticed because that can be something that's easy to do when you're busy, when you haven't had, you know, we've been talking this week about routines changing and schedules and back to school and it can be easy to kind of let things um, go unchecked and unnoticed and we're three parts, we're body, soul and spirit and so all three of those need to stay in check if we're going to grow. And so. What I've had to learn is that, yes, I might have feelings and I might have a (laughs) variety of emotions about different things going on in my life at different times. I might have. But I have to constantly (laughs) choose not to be led by them and not let feelings or emotions keep me from operating in my faith. And so we know that God designed men and women differently, and it's not a bad thing to feel. That's one thing that we wanted to make sure that we got across with this message is that we're not um, 
We're not making you feel bad if you are a crier, if you do have emotions, we are female, we do feel things on a big level. Um, and you know, God designed it that way, that enables us to nurture well, to take care of our families, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Like feeling things is not a bad thing. Um, it just becomes a problem when you're being led by your feelings and you're no longer operating in your faith because you think that God is gonna be moved by your feelings. And that's not what makes God that's not what makes God take action. Your faith makes God take action. So that would be the first thing that I wanted to share is definitely when your feelings override um, your faith, um, which is something that I know Carolyn has taught on not letting your compassion override your faith, um, that's when it becomes a problem. So every day you have to take the word of God and the truth that it says, and you have to speak it over situations, which means that I have to discover and know what the word of God says about what I'm believing for. Because if you don't know what the word says, then you're just gonna be stuck in your feelings. Everything that um, I need, God has already provided for me. And so I just need to have a revelation of that. I need to see it and use my faith to access what I'm believing for. I have to speak the word of God over what I'm feeling, and I have to use the word of God to redirect my feelings so that I can step into my faith because feelings will keep you stuck. Feelings have a way of distorting what's in front of you, um, whether, you know, and when I say feelings, I'm talking about it could be like a sadness or a heaviness. It could be offended. It could be um, fear. It could be anxiety, worry. When you are in those feelings and you're having those thoughts, it's going to distort the reality that's in front of you because you're not going to be thinking according to the Word of God. You're going to be thinking according to how you feel. And so when you let feelings like that left unguarded or unchecked, emotions like that leave the door wide open for the enemy to come in and whisper in your ear and affect your thoughts and affects what you believe. And so when I was reading this book by Bishop Oyedepo called Winning Invisible Battles, the quote he gave was, tears hold no hope for victory. Even God is not moved by your tears. What moves him is his word spoken in faith from a heart full of knowledge. And so I wrote that down. I was like, man, that's so, I mean, his books are so good. Um, but that was just such a powerful, a powerful thought to me and something that I really, it's like I, one of those things you know in your head, but maybe you haven't started really applying. And it was something that I, I put in front of me as far as like, okay, like I know that I get a lot of feelings sometimes. So I need to make sure that I remember that God is not, um, he's not taking action when I'm in my feelings. He's taking action when I'm showing him faith. And so, you know, that can be, to know that like my feelings don't move God to take action on my behalf, no matter what feelings they are, that can be a really hard pill to swallow when you're the one that's crying. <laughs> you know, we don't like thinking like that. We like thinking, you know, you know, no one in the midst of feeling something wants to be told to stop feeling something. Um, but your answer is not in your feelings, your answer is in your faith. And so we know that God is love. We know that God is compassionate towards us. Um, when I say that God's not moved by our feelings, it's not saying that God is, un, you know, he's not compassionate towards us. He doesn't love us. Of course, um, you know, God loves us and he sees our feelings and he, and he loves us in a way that I think that we in our flesh can't even really comprehend. Um, but he's not, what the Bible does say is that his compassion towards how we feel at any given moment is what, um, that's not what brings us our victory and our breakthrough, our faith is what moves God. And so I know that um, you had mentioned in Isaiah about Hezekiah as just to show that, you know, God does see our, 
He hears our prayers. He sees us when we cry. It's not like he's looking the other way or thinking, you know, I can't believe she's crying again. That, that's, not, that's not God, and that's not what we're saying. Um, did you want to read in Isaiah 38? Yeah. Yeah, when I was um, thinking about this, this topic that Tiffany presented to me, no, it, it, it's a good one because I, I know and I see, like, we are the same as women. We're both girls. <laughs> That's about as far as it goes. <laughs> we like big earrings. We do like big earrings. See? They're the same. We're the same. We drink in the same coffee right this second. Which we didn't even like highlight same them. Water? We got to use them before Ted did. Oh, yeah. The Look at these. Victory, Victory Tribe, tribe Yeti Yetis. Heyo, heyo, coming to a home near you. And so. <laughs> I was excited to use them before Ted. For partners. <laughs> Disclaimer. If you want a Yeti, you have to be a partner. Partner now. $85 or more a month, $1,000 a year. <laughs> We're not against bribery. And so. <laughs> like these Yetis? No. And so, um, so when we were talking about this, she's like, you know what? We, we the, this, the thing is, you know, we believe the same, so we have a lot of similarities, but there are differences. She thinks I have no feelings. Do you? Do you really think that? Like, no, I was just going on on feelings. I just know that I have, like, bigger ones. <laughs> I totally she have feelings. She controls them more than, <laughs> better than I do. <laughs> I do cry. I do cry. I'm a church crier. No, yes, you do. I, you, when the anointing moves, I see you cry sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I do cry. But we thought this would be a really good topic because when it comes to that emotional aspect of handling things, we are different. But different doesn't mean she's wrong over one or the other. The thing that makes it wrong is when our emotions are like we have the leash around our neck and the word emotion is pulling the leash. Is if, if it, you have to look at it that way. If the, uh, your emotion is taking you for a ride and you're not in the driver's seat, then that's when it becomes wrong. And so that's what we're showing you through the word today is that faith is the thing that the Lord hears. He does look and see compassion. He does look and see the emotions that you have. And so when I was reading this morning, um, Maddie, can I read that for a second so I can just see? Christ is moved by compassion and action multiple times in the gospel, and I totally agree with you what you guys are saying, but what about those moments when it does say that he was moved by that? And so there's this first one I'm going to go over, and, and, and yeah, we'll, we're going to be going through all of that, uh, Brit. And uh, first one is going to be with Hezekiah. I'm going to start with 38.1. About the time Hezekiah became deathly ill and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him, he gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order for you're going to die. You will not recover from this illness. Okay, when Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. Then this message came to Isaiah from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years 
to your life, I will rescue you in the city from the king of Assyria. Yes, I will defend the city. So I was making note this morning that it's not that the Lord doesn't hear your cries. He hears your cries. He's obviously moved by compassion and love because he went and healed everybody in, in, you know, you go through all throughout the New Testament, he was healing everyone. There's not one person he turned away. He had compassion for people. But I made note that um, the Lord doesn't just hear your cries, but it was your prayer of faith. It was his prayer of faith that activates what you're believing for. That the tears may have gotten God's attention. So the tears got God's attention but it was the prayer that provoked God's intervention. So, so it's going to be faith that's going to provoke the intervention of God. It's going to be your faith that activates God's power. It's not that it's wrong to cry. It's not. Look, go, go to uh, in John where Jesus wept. That's the one verse, the shortest verse. Everyone talks about that. You know, it's like a running thing with it. Yeah. So in that moment, Jesus wept. It, 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 if you read the verse after, they're like, you know, did he did? I don't I don't have John pulled up, but it was like, did he did he you know, he if he was here, he would have healed him. But to, to me, I believe that Jesus wept in anger because of their unbelief. He was like probably so annoyed. I mean, I'm so, I do cry. But I do cry when I'm annoyed too. So I mean, like I get God's feelings. We we were we were on that. You know, he was he was a frustration cry where it says Jesus wept. But see, he still felt it could have been because his friend died, but he still he still he still wept. So it's not that crying is bad. That's what we're not getting out. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel shame. Don't feel like you have a lack of faith because you've cried over a situation. Crying doesn't mean you have no faith. Okay, he, he's made us with tears. <laughs> it's part of our makeup as a body. So it's not wrong to cry. Um, look in Psalm 35. We all know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It, it shows you that we're all going to cry at some point. But are we going to let our emotions run wild? Are we going to let those tears never stop? And then our, our faith becomes passive no, we have to realize that though we might cry for the evening, that's not how we're supposed to wake up. If we might have a bad situation and we take a minute to scream in our pillow, okay, but we're going to have to come out of that pillow and we're going to have to put a fight back in our eyes. We're going to have to feed our spirit man and get that faith and step out. And then we have to have our faith because that's the action word. There comes an action word to receive our miracles and what is it it's faith and so how do you get faith yeah I'm glad you said all that about because that's something I used to struggle with is feeling like if I'm crying about something then I don't have faith and sure. then I would feel guilty about it and then you get you know you get sad that you're sad and and so I think that that is something that has been something I've had to learn that it having tears doesn't mean I don't have faith what I don't want to happen is having tears without faith so I can't just sit around and be sad about something and not take an action of faith. I have to make sure that I'm operating in faith. And I, that might mean that there's tears. There might mean that there's some sort of emotion, but I'm not letting that take over. So I'm glad you said that because I think that can be easy to, you know, get down on yourself if you feel like I'm not acting in faith because I'm like overcome with emotion. Um, so when we talk about what is faith, you know, we always think of um, the verse in Hebrews 11.1. 1. 
and I like the amplified version, and it says, now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. I love that, things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So faith is how you get your answer. It is having this assurance for what you're hoping for, having the assurance for what the Bible says is divinely guaranteed. And that's kind of how it switches. Like you have to come from this point of like, maybe it's going to happen or I hope for it to happen. And you have to take that stand and say, the Bible says it's mine, it's divinely guaranteed. And that's when you can start moving out of your feelings and into your faith because you're saying, no matter what it feels like, no matter what I see in front of me, I know what the Bible divinely guarantees is mine. And so, the more that I've been learning about faith, even just in the last couple of years, the harder my pursuit has become towards ridding myself of anything that stops it. Because faith is the key. Faith is the answer to how I get what I'm believing for. And feelings can be one of the biggest obstacles to receive from God because they pull you out of your faith. Um, most of the time, this is something that I say often and it's because I've learned it through myself, we are our own problem. <laughs> if I ever wrote a book, it would be, you are your own problem. Um, which is why I don't run any type of counseling because that's pretty much all I would say is, you are your own problem. Um, but I say that because of, I've learned that the hard way. I have learned I was my own problem this whole time. Um, no one likes to hear that. No one likes to hear you're your own problem. But I wish that I had understood that so much sooner in my life that I was the one holding myself back um, you know, we, there's that phrase. So sorry, I know you're gonna hate this. Can I stop you really quick? Sure. Because I just know that a lot of people will say, well, I grew up with this. This is my past, or this happened to me, or these are the kind of parents. I didn't grow up in a home like you did. I never went to a church like you've been able to go to your whole life. And or I just got saved. But the good thing, what she's getting ready to finish saying, because I'm so sorry that, did you pause with your finger there? I'm rolling. I'm <laughs> rolling that, with the flow. You see this, guys? Yeah, is, that, is that there comes a point when you are a believer and you are filled with the, the Holy Ghost. Because Tiffany and I talk about this often because, you know, uh, her background, how she grew up was different than how, how I grew up. The type of home life that she grew up was different than I grew up. But look, we are now in, we're now the same. We believe the same, we're strong in faith, we're at that. But it comes a time in your life, especially being filled with the Holy Spirit, where it has, you have to let him take over. You have to let him kill that root so nothing can be transferred into any other part of your life, transferred into your marriage, transferred over to your kids. There does come a point in life where there is an introspective look and it's not, well, these are the type of parents I had and this mm -hmm. is the type of home life I had and this was abuse that I had to deal with and then this is why I am the way I am. But see, when you become a new creature in Christ, there has to be a transformation that happens in your life. And I know in the Christian lifestyle, taking responsibility is a hard pill to swallow, but that is literally what Christianity is as far as, as, an in, as your Christian walk is an introspective look and fixing it within you. Yeah, absolutely. That whole um, like phrase, like people say victim mentality, I, it, it, 
it's a, like an irritation for me personally because I had one for so long. Not to say like I get irritated with people. I just get irritated that like the devil can keep mm, people there. Do you? And get, no, I'm just kidding. Listen. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's publicly broadcasted. <laughs> but um, anyways, the, 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 that victim mentality, I got stuck there for so long. My... I mean, I was a prime example of victim mentality. And for a long time, my relationship with the Lord was so feelings-based. It was all about how I felt. Um, I was always the emotional one at the altar. I was always, and I looked at that, and looking back, I can see that so much of that was just me not wanting to let it go because you get into that identity of being the victim or like you know, Kara was saying about how you grew up. And, and so, um, you know, you have to, there, there comes a point where you have to make a choice and say, I don't want to be this person anymore. I want to be somebody who lives free. I want to be somebody who has strong faith. And so I, when I was thinking about what I'd be sharing today, I was thinking through the Bible of all these different examples of people who got their answer because of their faith. And the Bible even specifically says in so many instances, like your faith has healed you. Your faith has made, your, made you whole. Get up and walk because of your faith. Like there's so many, like the Bible didn't make it vague. The Bible literally says because of your faith. And so the first person I thought of um, was the Canaanite woman in Matthew 15, um, Matthew 15, 21. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon, probably butchering those pronunciations. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. And so I know we're talking a lot about tears, but this is a perfect example of how not to get offended and how not to, you know, she didn't let herself get offended in this moment. We, you know, the two of us could talk all day long about how ridiculous this whole cancel culture is and how everybody's yeah. offended about everything. Um, and here's like a great example of how, you know, in the natural, she might have had a right to feel offended in that moment with how Jesus talked to her. Here she is coming and really, you know, begging him for her miracle, begging him to set her daughter free. And she didn't let herself get offended. She didn't let herself um, feel an offense that was so great that it pulled her out of her faith. She decided to stand strong in her faith. And so Jesus answered her, great is your faith, be it done for you as you desire. Um, I was also thinking about blind Bartimaeus um, in Mark 10, 46. They came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho. Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many scolded him to get him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man and said to him, have courage, get up, he is calling you. He threw off his cloak, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied, Rabbi, let me see again. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has healed you. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the road. 
And um, Ted preaches out of this passage of scripture often on how, um, you know, blind Bartimaeus recognized Jesus for who he really was and, and praised him in a way that no one else was praising him and how his praise drew Jesus to his presence. And so you can see in this passage that his praise got Jesus's attention, but his faith is what got him his miracle. And so Jesus said exactly to him, your faith has healed you, not your tears, not your sadness, not your pity party, your faith. And in the natural, if you think about how beggars had to live at that time, living on the side of the road, not being able to see, living as a beggar, having to wear that cloak that signified that you're a beggar. Um, in the natural, he had every right to be sad and pitiful. And um, you know, you think of how you would feel in that moment. But the word says that his faith is what got him his answer that he was looking for, his supernatural healing. Um, I know this is a, a smaller portion, but I also thought of when Jesus healed the paralytic in Matthew 9, 1 through 7. And getting into the boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise and walk? but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. It says when Jesus saw their faith. Not when Jesus saw a pitiful situation. Not when Jesus saw crying people bringing someone to him who couldn't, you know, who couldn't walk. When Jesus saw their faith. If you want God to move on your behalf, you have to show him your faith. And then I also thought about the Shunammite woman, which I know Carolyn has taught on this passage of scripture so much. And so we won't read the whole passage of scripture, but you know the story in 2 Kings 4 where her blessing, her promised son dies and her reaction and how not only did she tell her husband that all was well because she was going to find the prophet, when the prophet asked her, you know, is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with your child, your dead child? She said, all is well. Um, and that got her, her faith, her faith to all the actions that she took that day, her choice to say that all is well, even if it probably didn't feel well, all if it probably looked like, you know, I finally, I got this promised child and he's being taken from me, he's, he's dead. Um, I, I think about that and sometimes I think we can read a passage of scripture like this and it's we can feel like a disconnect because we think you know that's such a big thing for your child to die and how she, and how she reacted and it's almost like you know for most people you know for many you know I've never had a child die so I don't know what that feels like but I it, it's such a good example of if she could do it then I can do it as far as something small so we think of that you know when a child dies how big that is um, for that to happen, what a big event to have to say all is well to. So if she didn't let her emotions override her faith with something big like that, something so personally devastating, why would I let my emotions rule my afternoon because so-and-so said something to me or you know, so-and-so irritated me or some, something hurt my feelings or I got bad news from a family member? If she can say all is well and take significant actions of faith that proved that she really did believe all was well, then I too can put my big girl pants on and show God my faith for what I'm believing for. Um, 
So we know that faith is the answer. We know that victory is in our faith. We see all throughout the Bible, there are so many passages that I could have chosen to go to go over where it specifically says your faith has healed you. You can see that it's not God taking action on behalf of somebody's feelings. It's God taking action on behalf of someone's faith. And so how do we get faith? Um, we all know the scripture, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Um, personally, I would say that my faith, like my walk with God has grown leaps and bounds in just the past few years because I've learned and continue to learn what knowing the word of God does and is in my life. Like not just knowing, having this like, it's hard to describe. I mean, I went to four years of Bible school and I feel like I didn't graduate Bible school with the understanding of the importance of the word of God like I do today. Um, it's not, you know, it's not knowing the latest feely, God is supposedly chasing me through a field worship song. Um, it's knowing the word of God. And that I, I say that with a smile because that's how I used to be. I used to be all about the latest worship song and I knew worship, I knew the latest worship song lyrics better than I knew what the word of God said. Um, and that was evident in my life. I was run by feelings, how I felt, and um, it's made me very passionate about what fills me and what, um, even what worship songs are, you know, there's a lot of really sad, defeating worship songs and I don't listen to any of that. Um, I have learned the difference of what I've seen in my life when knowing what the word says and activating it in my life, what it's done for my life, like the doors that it's opened. I just think, I mean, to even think back over the last five years, 10 years, I mean, a very large night and day, night and day difference um, over, over that. And so knowing the word and activating its truth in my life, that is how I build my faith. So if faith is where my victory is, if faith is how I receive from God, if faith is how I get answers and get my breakthrough, and if faith is my key to seeing in the invisible realm, to see that all is well, to have the full revelation that everything God said is mine is truly mine, and as we just read in Romans, that faith comes by hearing the word of God, then that should be the priority in my life every single day. There is no excuse not to study the word um, with everything that we have available to us. I think about that so often, especially as Americans. I mean, I was just thinking about all the resources that I have at my fingertips to study the word of God. Um, how blessed I am that, I mean, I just think about how many, how many Bibles I have on my shelf at home <laughs> when people in the world don't even have one. I think about how easy it is to, you know, to pull up my iPad and look up any Bible translation I want. If I want to know what it says in the Amplified, if I want to know what it says in the ESV, um, you know, that, you know, I think about that Bible, the Net Study Bible that we put in the Elite Box. I love that Bible with all the translator's notes and the Life Application Bible. Like, there is no excuse for me not to study the Word of God. I have everything at my fingertips. Um, I have bookshelves of books written by anointed men and women who are sharing their revelation of the Word of God. I have, you know, you can go on YouTube. Like, I love to listen to anointed preaching, and I can go on YouTube and pull up anything. Literally pull up any message from any person that I want to learn from. There's podcasts. There's, you know, we, we on our app, the Miracle Word app, you can turn on the radio, and it's, it's just looped, like, 24-7, Ted preaching on there. Like, we have... So much, and I always, I think um, Ted shared it on here before, there's that video, and it's in one of the Asian countries of 
people getting their Bibles for the first time and like they took a video of people and like the rush that they were rushing to the box to get their personal Bible because they'd never had one before. It makes me cry every single time I watch it. Um, because in that moment, I think like, man, like, and I, I was too busy to read the word today when I have 10 Bibles to choose from. Like, and you think about what, what a blessing that we have with the resources that we have to be able to study the word of God, to know what it says, um, you know, all of the things that we have. So we, you have to see that your time of filling up on the word and gaining a fresh revelation of what it says, um, it, you have to see it as a non-negotiable and not have an excuse not to do it and not let yourself get too busy. Um, I know that, you know, Carolyn talked about this, was it earlier this week? I feel like this week has been so long. Maybe it was Wednesday on how one of your, one of your recent broadcasts on how like, you know, schedules have changed and how to make sure that you're not losing your focus and to make sure that your focus still Filter stays on. Focus. Filter your focus. That was it. Um, <laughs> you know, we talked about that. And so you have to recognize that the word is what builds your faith and without faith, you cannot please God. Um, Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. Um, so we know that reading the word is what builds our faith. And something that I also love about the word of God is that it gives you an answer for your enemies. Um, one of the Bible verses that Carolyn started Nonstop Mom and her women's ministry on um, was First Samuel uh, 2 1, and it's um, Hannah's prayer of praise. And it says, Then Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. And I was thinking about that along the lines of this topic and how some feelings that we have don't just come our way from our enemy, but the feelings themselves actually are our enemy. Um, and you have to recognize that. And it really helps kind of shift your mindset when you can see certain feelings as like, this is an enemy. This is an enemy to my faith. This is an enemy to my life, me feeling this way. Um, like just, you know, for the sake of example, let's take sadness or like a feeling of heaviness. If the joy of the Lord is my strength, then any feeling that is a lack of joy, whether it's heaviness, whether it's sadness, whether it's worry, that's an enemy to me. Um, you know, Ted often preaches on supernatural joy in meetings and ministers in that anointing. And one of the things that he says is that the devil wants to come after a joyless church because then he knows it's a weak church. And so if something makes me sad or if something feels heavy um, and I, I reckon I can feel myself operating in like I'm not, I'm not operating in joy right now. I just feel sad. I feel heavy. Something's weighing on me and bothering me. Um, I have to recognize that as something that is literally draining my strength. And um, not only supernaturally, though that's like the most important, you know, you don't want your supernatural strength to be drained, but have you ever felt sad and feel like taking on the world at the same time? No, <laughs> that's not what happens. Um, and so like I just, I've become, once I started to recognize feelings like that as like, I'm not just gonna, you know, because we can get to a place where we're like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let myself feel it. I'm just gonna let myself feel sad. I'm just gonna wallow in it. I don't care. You're tired. You don't want to fight it. But if you can recognize that as like, this is not just a feeling. This is not just a bad mood. This is not just an attitude. This is actually an enemy, and it is going to drain me of my strength, both supernaturally and physically. Um, so learning to recognize feelings like that that are not just 
um, not just pulling me out of my faith, they're actually an enemy to my faith. Um, and so something that I've been really sick of is this normalizing, I don't really know how you'd call it, like this normalizing movement of things like depression and anxiety being normal. Um, I used to use Instagram for my own business way more often than I do now because just in the last year and a half, every time I go on Instagram, it was like a trigger to all these feelings that I don't want to have. Um, because I would just be, I would just see people like, you know, this whole like me too, like I have depression too, I have anxiety too, or I love Jesus and I have a therapist too. Like all of this just crap that's on, um, you know, I just, I hate that that, that's not normal. It's not normal to have depression. It's not normal to have anxiety. And this whole normalizing movement of saying that like, I have it too, so feel better about it and don't fight it. And it's okay to have it. It's okay to be on, you know, that's anything that's pulling me out of faith is my enemy. I refuse to be like so many Christians today who just lay down and let the devil kick them around. And I may not have the Mortal Kombat personality that Miss Carolyn Shuttlesworth has, but I still don't let the devil kick me around. I think that- Well, because it's just what your spirit man is. It's how your spirit man feels. Because we're not fighting against flesh and blood. So you might not be someone who could do a choke code on someone in the natural, but really, you know, it really needs to count in the supernatural. So if you feel like you are Mortal Kombat in your spirit man, then you're good to go. Good to you're go. good to go. So see, if you're like Scorpion inside, that's fine. I actually don't even know what Mortal Kombat is. Someday I'm going to look it up, but I knew she'd be disappointed Rayon. if I didn't know. Who's Rayon? <laughs> no idea. No idea. Sub-Zero? Anybody? No idea. Sorry. You're the cool one. Um, We're going to play Mortal Kombat <laughs> later. You come over. Can't wait. <laughs> so all of this to say, the Bible could not be more clear that God is moved by faith and faith alone. And so I'm going to do everything that I can to build mine. Um, I actually saw Christy Wright, um, is somebody I follow on social media. She's part of Dave Ramsey's team. And she posted this video, and she was kind of talking about how that phrase, it's the thought that counts, um, she was saying that how they're like, it's actually not the thought that counts. It's what you do that counts. And she wasn't saying that your thoughts have no power or that your thoughts don't matter because they definitely do. Of course they do. But what she was saying is that so many people just get stuck in never doing anything, never taking an action of faith. They just sit and wallow in their feelings and then nothing ever changes. And the thing with that that you have to remember is nothing changed because you didn't change it. Tears don't change things, faith changes things. And so whatever it is that you're believing God for, whether you're believing God for a new job or a new place to live, um, believing God for your children or a loved one to be saved, breakthrough in your marriage, um, believing to have a baby and be a mom, um, believing for um, healing of any sickness or disease. I know we had prayer requests come in just even at the beginning of this broadcast of things that people are believing for. Um, whether you're believing for a spouse and getting married or financial breakthrough, like whatever it is that you're believing God for, your victory is not in your tears. Your victory is not in telling God how you feel about it. Not that you can't, not that that's not part of your intimate prayer time with God. Just don't stay in that place where you're just constantly telling God about it, but you're not doing anything about it and you're not showing God your faith for that. Your victory is in your actions of faith 
taking a stand and declaring and obeying what the Word of God says about it and making the choice. I know Carolyn read earlier how um, the verse in Psalms that says weeping might enjoy, endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You have to like look at your situation and say, I feel this right now, but I am not going to feel like this when I wake up. I am not going to feel like this for the rest of the day. I'm going to make a choice to have actions of faith and to not get stuck in my feelings because I recognize them as my enemy. <laughs> um, uh, when she was reading the different stories throughout the Bible uh, about, um, you know, she read through uh, the lady who, you know, begged, begged for her daughter's healing and the paralytic man and um, one of my favorite stories out of 2 Kings 4 and the Shumanite woman, you know, it really out of nowhere <laughs> came to me uh, about when Jesus healed the 10 lepers because of that question that was done at the beginning about, you know, Jesus being uh, moved by compassion. We do have to realize that uh, who, who Jesus is as who he is, he is like walking faith. So, and there are times where people are healed based on your faith. So the story that she read with the paralytic man, it said he saw their faith and so he was healed. So the point I'm trying to make here in a second with the story I'm getting ready to just go over quickly because um, Tiffany did a phenomenal job. You seriously hit it home. There's not much I really have to say, uh, but, I, but it was in regards to that question was, you know, well, what about this? Well, the thing is we always have to know faith is always going to be in the recipe. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, when I go to my father-in-law's meetings, it's not every time the person's faith that they're getting healed. It, it's, my, it's the faith that my father-in-law has in that moment. The thing is, though, you're going to have to get faith and you're going to have to start believing the word and hearing the word to get faith to keep what God's doing in your life. Real quick, look at this story with me in Luke... Um, 17 at 11, we know, I'll, I don't have to read the entire thing, but it's where he heals the 10 lepers. Now look, it starts off with, as he entered a village, the 10 men there with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests, and they went and they were cleansed. So it wasn't the, the lepers there at that moment that had the faith. You know, you've got the almighty Jesus in front of you. His faith healed them. And look, one came back. We have one that came back and he was praising God, fell on the ground, thanking him for what had been done. All right. And Jesus said, but wait a second, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And then, now wait, he, he was healed, right? He was cleansed when he said, go show yourself to the priest because they were the guys back then that, you know, officially said, like, look, they're cleansed. They're okay to be back in society, this and that. But look, look what happened. Stand up and go. Now, now the tables have turned. Your faith has healed you. And if you look in another um, translation, it says, has made you whole. So it, it does go to show you that, yeah, at the beginning, they cried out. They begged. They said, listen, heal us. We don't want this disease anymore. But there was, 
Yeah, they were healed, but do you know if those nine kept the leprosy off? No, they were never mentioned again. They didn't come back with thanksgiving and praise. Do we know if nothing ever happened in regards to that disease to their body? Or was it in that moment, the miracle was there, your opportunity to, to latch on to your faith and keep what God has given you? No, this guy came back and he was whole. Leprosy takes off your body parts. It eats your skin away. You start drop your ear, you know, you're, you're losing things. Your toes leave, you know, it's a pretty foul thing. But it, the, the thing in the moment was when he came back and the praise and the victory right there turned in, activated this man's faith. And then he became whole. I believe whatever was missing came back. Whatever skin, you know, patches that were on there, it wasn't just the disease left his body. And I picture this healing as he came back looking completely normal like he did before he even had the disease. And so we have to realize that, yeah, Jesus is going to heal you. He's, he, he, he is faith. He is faith in a body. And so when he was activating his compassion in that moment for the 10, but it wasn't until the guy used his faith, it was his faith that kept the healing, his faith that took his healing even to a, another level for the miracle. I like that. Faith is always in the recipe. Writing that down for a future title. <laughs> faith is always in the recipe. Um, faith is always in the recipe. I like it. You like it. She's writing like it, it down. She's wishing down. she had her Write Apple pencil out yep. right now because I always see her writing in the back. Yep. But that is what we have to remember. We have to remember what we're believing for. You might cry for a moment. You might be calling out to God right now. You might be having a, a, a brief pity party. Lord, I'm praying, I'm believing, and, and I'm not seeing what I want. But we have to take that bulldog tenacity. We have to get the fight back in our eyes. We got to stand our shoulders squared back and realize God says it. I'm going to have it and I'm going to take it by faith. And by staying in that state of victory, thanksgiving, praise, you're going to receive it. You're going to get what what you're believing for without a doubt. Well, what, Carolyn, Tiffany, I've been believing for this. I'm not seeing it. Listen, we know someone asked earlier that question. I, it was just hard to stop and answer them all. So just real quick, I'm, I'm getting to them. You know, in Mark, it says what? How do I have faith? The God kind of faith? I believe and I speak. If I say to the mountain move, it will be done. Anything that you ask, you will receive. And so that's that's the the key there. We have to have the God kind of faith by speaking and believing. And when you do those two right there, you're going to hold the victory. You're going to hold the faith. You're not going to have the tears. The tears might be there for a moment, but they're not going to be there forever. Amen. Amen. Would you pray I will. for everyone today? I will pray. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Father, I thank you for every person who is watching this broadcast or listening to the podcast. I thank you for their lives. I thank you, Father, that you have such a compassion towards us and for what we're believing for and that you want the best for us in a way that is far beyond anything that we can imagine. And so, Father, I thank you that you are going to give us a new hunger for your word, a new desire to study, to have a fresh revelation of what your word says. I thank you that every person who's watching this, 
has something that they're believing for, has something that they are petitioning before you, whether it's physical healing, whether it's a breakthrough in a relationship, whether it's somebody in their family coming to know you, whether um, it's a new job or a new open door, you know all of those things. And so I thank you that you are going to show each and every person what their action of faith is, to show you their faith. And I thank you for answering. I thank you for answering supernatural healing for every person who's written in in the comments and even those who haven't said that need healing in their body, whether it's for them and for or for a loved one. I thank you for healing their body in the name of Jesus. I thank you that everything we need in this life, you have already provided it for us. I thank you that we never have to beg, that we can come to you as your children, and that we can have faith for what we're believing for, and that you will answer because of our faith. I thank you that you have made us strong. I thank you that you will give us the right words to say, the right words from your word of what to say over our situations, that we would see passages of scripture like we've never seen them before, and that you would give us a boldness to speak them over every situation. And I thank you that you you are making strong women, that you are making strong families who are standing up yes. and believing for what you have said is ours. Yes. And so I thank you that even though we might have moments where we feel emotions, I thank you that you will bring these words back to our remembrance and remember that our faith is what makes you take action on our behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Everyone your fire emojis, your hands, your little ladies in um, your... <laughs> Maddie's like, wait, hold on. I got all my hands over here. Good, uh, on the, the little ladies that are dancing. Woo, woo, on its emojis. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> Isn't that what they're doing? It's like a salsa it's dance. It's, it's like the salsa. dress is up. <laughs> you guys are awesome. We're gonna announce the winner, the winner for the white hearth mugs are is miss bonnie benedict bonnie benedict she wins today she's gonna get the coffee mugs yeah what that's a new one what is that it's like a spinning ballerina thing i don't remember that the one one that it's the same thing but youtube like makes their own version oh okay maddie knows all the look things look at that look at that let me see what they said maddie up there they just said something about tiffany can't wait to see you on the broadcast again, Tiffany. I guess you are officially invited back. I'll just let you take it over. <laughs> All right, I got Wednesdays and Fridays. You have Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> we got it covered. Mondays were off. Everyone's off in the Running ministry on Mondays. <laughs> I'm still putting my shoes on. How'd you like it? You like being on this side, talking to everybody? Oh, I'm like, the president didn't like break out and like, um, your hair's over your mic, just like Yuli Silas. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's much easier telling these guys how to do it than doing it she, myself. Sorry, I didn't look at the camera. Probably the right one the whole time. Something I'm always telling them to do, and it's harder than it looks. So, <laughs> sorry, guys. She did phenomenal, and Gina likes my idea. So we're having a new thing for 2022. <laughs> Congrats, Bonnie. We love you so much. Um, don't forget, I'm going to pop it up on the screen one more time. I'm coming to Fitchburg, Massachusetts, Crossroads uh, Women's Conference, September the 18th. I think the doors open at 8.30 to 9. Uh, when they figure it out, I will let you know. But if you're there at 8.30, then you're good. Then you're good. You're there extra early. If you're there at 9, you're still good, because I don't think it starts till 9.30. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so, uh, like I said, lunch, question and answers, time of fellowship, a time of the word, a time at the altar. And so you can go to crosswordsconnects.com forward slash women. Make sure you register. It is for free. Uh, they just want to know things about lunch, things about who's coming. So make sure you get there. We're going to be coming straight from Montana. We're leaving, right. we're leaving a day early and, and flying in from Montana. So I'm so excited for that. Make sure you follow us on the schedule, miracleword.com forward slash schedule. We got a bunch of things left for this year that we want you to be a part of. We want to see the Victory Tribe. And so make sure you get to a meeting. We would love to see you. Um, I have a favorite video that I'm going to start oh, no. signing off on my broadcast because I've introduced the song to my kids. It's <laughs> fantastic. I think it was because last Friday... I had the broadcast every day because Ted was gone and it was just me and the kids. Like we just took over and Maddie ran the broadcast. I did the teaching. Uh, Teddy and Brooklyn tagged along. They showed up in their bathing suits and Super their jammies. Wild. They no, they just, you know, showed up. And so when it was over, I blasted and danced to this song. And for a moment, my kids literally looked at me like this. And then they fell in love with the song too. So I said, Tiff, I want this to be my ending song video on Friday. So I love you guys. I love you, Lewinda. Go back and watch. Tiffany did a phenomenal job. She's an anointed friend to have. I'm never letting her go. And I mean, as a friendship. Um, <laughs> I mean, and- Not as, for work. Thanks. And for work too. No, you're really good at it. But I just want to let you know that both. both. But listen, it's Friday, y'all, and this is how we're leaving you. I love you. I, I will not see you live next week because I'm going to be in Montana, except for in the mornings we will be live. But thanks for hanging out this week. Thanks for uh, sticking around, and this is how we're going to leave you. Have a fantastic weekend, and 